I'm reading from the wise and foolish builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of God for the people of God. Fixer Upper is a TV show that is on the channel HGTV. It's like a lot of other shows in that category where they go and they fix up houses. The name kind of says it all. This is what they do. They, they go into a house that is dilapidated, that has potential, and they turn it into a show place, a place that's totally transformed. Each show has a different house, a different family, a different outcome. But throughout all the shows, there's a process that they use. Each show, each time they go to a new house, they're bringing this transformation and they have a process that they go through. They, they just have a design. Here's kind of what we see this, this space looking like. They go through the demo and just making sure that everything is gone to be able to do what they, they say they want to do. They have the build where they add the things into the space to, to make it this new, fresh, this new fresh space. Then they have the reveal where they show it to the homeowners and they move in and, and begin to live their life in that space. As you look at that process, design, demo, build, reveal, that's really like a vision process. There's, there's a process that we go through in coming up with what God is, is leading us to do and where God is leading us to go. And it's, it looks a lot like that process where it's about finding that picture, it's about getting things out of the way, it's about adding the things that God wants us to add, and it's about living into that as we go into our lives. So as we're beginning this new year, it's a chance for us to think about vision. It's a chance for us to think about where is God calling me to go? Where is God calling the church to go? And so we're using this show and their process as a kind of framework for us to be able to look at that and to understand what kind of vision God is giving to me. What kind of vision is God giving to us here at Green Valley? How are we able to, to move into this place that God wants us to go? Last week, we looked at the design and coming up with that picture, that, that idea of, of how how good it looks to be able to do what God wants us to do and, and what that actually might look like, some of the things that, that we see ourselves doing. And for, each of, these, for the, each of these weeks in this series, we're asking a question for you to actually not only think about, but to respond to. And thank you to everyone that was here last week that was able to, to give us some, some ideas of what that can look like, just kind of your own dream for what Green Valley is going to do, for what God is leading to Green Valley to do. And today we move to the demo. The demo is probably the most fun part of the process because you get to rip stuff apart. You get to take things like this and just kind of have at it. I picked this. This was, I have no idea where I got this. This was in my garage. It may even be the churches. I don't know. Um, but I, when I picked it up this morning to bring it in, after I got all the cobwebs off of it, I didn't get all the cobwebs off of it, but I, it, it, I didn't realize how heavy this thing is. This thing is really heavy. And I thought, what, 
the amount of destruction that you could do with this is, is, is pretty limitless. There's all kinds of things that you can do. And whenever, if you've ever been in that situation where you did break stuff and to demo something to be able to, as part of something bigger, there's just a lot of fun. You can get a lot of frustration out. You can kind of use the, your strength to, to just knock something out. And there's, there's a visual about that that's kind of cool to, to see the, the old leaving and the, the making room for the new to come in. And I, I kind of thought about, as I was preparing for today, and I kind of thought about the idea of, see, that's, that's pretty heavy, of using this sledgehammer and actually bringing something in and breaking it. And, you know, that'd be a great visual for everyone to have that I can just swing this thing and, and break whatever it is that I decide I want to break. And then I started to think, well, someone might get hurt because, you know, a little piece can get flying off and that probably wouldn't be good. Then I started to think, that's a really heavy thing. And I might end up not just breaking the thing that I want to break, but I might end up breaking something else. Like if I put something on a table, I might end up breaking the table. And I think that's the danger of demo is... It's destruction. You're destroying things. You're taking this really big, heavy tool that's this big hunk of metal and, and swinging with all your strength and knocking things out, and, and you're taking things out that you want to take out, but sometimes you might take out things that you don't want to take out. And I think that's where that fun can kind of start to, to lose its fun because there's, there's kind of a, a process involved with that, and we want to make sure that we're, we're only demoing the things that we want to demo, that we're only taking out the things that we want to take out. We're only, we're, there's a purpose with demo. It's not just to, to have fun and to break things. It's not to just, you know, use that strength and use that sledgehammer and just break stuff. But it's about having a purpose in doing that. If you're going to demo something, if you're going to go into a, remodeling a space or doing something different with your space, you want to be able to identify what's essential. So you make sure that you don't break that part of it. You know, a lot, a lot of remodels, if you've ever been part of a, a full-on remodel, a lot of times you take it all the way down to the studs. You know, you go all the way, you just take, take care of everything. But there's a couple things that need to happen before we do that. First, you need to identify what is essential. What needs to stay? In this room, in this space, whatever it is that you're trying to remodel, whatever it is you're trying to improve upon in your home, there's certain things that just have to stay. There's certain walls that are load-bearing. There's certain, if you want to add tile to your floor or add other things to your floor, you want to make sure that the, the floor is strong enough to, to hold that weight. So there's, there's certain things you just cannot take out. You want to identify what those essential things are so that you don't break them. And another thing you have to do before you get to here is to identify what needs to go. What in this space is currently here that will hinder this vision? will hinder this, this design that I have, this, this dream for what this space can be. What needs to go? And so the demo, the whole purpose of the demo is to make way for this new vision, to make way for this new design, to make way for this new thing that, that, that we have in our minds. There are certain things that, that you just can't put everything in there. There are certain things that just have to go. And so as I, I think as we think about demo, as we think about what that can look like, as we think about vision, as we think about our own vision for our own life, and as we think about vision for who we are as a church, we have to identify what's essential. What are things that have to be there, regardless of, of whatever, whatever else happens? What are things that have to stay? What, are the, what, are, what is the foundation of, of our faith? What is the foundation of our life? What is the foundation of, of everything that, that, that will, will always be there? So we can protect those things and, and really build on those things. Once you have that foundation, once you have those, those essential qualities and that's all that's left, that's where this new thing comes from. It's built upon that foundation. It's built upon that essential quality. It's built upon those things that have to be there. 
And in today's text, we hear a little bit about foundation and how important foundation is and and, uh, how important it is for us to identify what is essential. As we live out our lives as followers of Jesus, what is essential for us? What what needs to stay? Knowing that there's storms coming, knowing that the, the water is going to rise, and knowing that, that, that we have this, this structure that, that of life that God wants us to have, what can we do? What is essential for us to make sure that that stays? That, that can weather the storms, that can weather the water, that can weather, weather all the other stuff that happens. What, what stays? And so this section in, in, in the gospel, it's, it's really Jesus wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount, and the Sermon on the Mount is really Jesus giving the essentials. He's talking about the basic core of, of truth, the basic core of, of what it means to be a Christian. How, how do we understand God? You can say it's, it's really at the heart of, of our faith, heart of what we today call Christian theology, Christian faith, Christian understanding of life. Jesus spends this, this time where people are gathered around him on the mountain, and he's just kind of laying it out. Here's, here's what it means to understand God. Here's what it means to have God in your life. Here's what it means to live out this life as, as a child of God. And when he gets to the end in this section, he says, as people who have now heard this, as you have heard these, these wonderful things that God is doing, as you've heard the wonderful ways that, that God is making our lives better, as you've heard the, the call that God has given to us to live this certain life, you have one of two options. You can take these things and put them into practice and start doing them and start living them or not. And that's as, that's as simple as it gets, right? He, he goes through all this, this, this talk and this great Sermon on the Mount that, that we have for thousands of years looked at as being one of the greatest sermons of all time, where he's, he's just laying out the, the, the basic core principles of, of who we are as Christians and, and who we are as people of God. And when he's done with that, he says, you can do one of two things. You've heard it now. You can do one of two things. And then he goes on to say, as you think about that choice, as you think about what you're going to do with this, Think about these two people who build houses. One of them builds a house on a strong foundation. One of them builds a house on sand. And it's the foundation that makes the difference. It's the foundation that really connects our ability to put into practice the things that God wants us to put into practice. It's that foundation that that gives us that idea of what is essential. And what needs to go? What, what, how can we move forward in this? How can we do and focus on what we need to focus on? How are we able to do that? The houses are pretty similar. We don't get any information about the houses. One house is built really well. One house is built not well. We basically have to assume that these are two pretty similar houses using the same basic materials, using maybe the same basic plan. Nothing is said that one of the house builders was not any good at what he does or what she does. There's this idea that there's something that they're, they're pretty equal. The difference is the foundation. When, when the weather happens, when the water rises, when all these things go on, we have these two houses and two outcomes. There's two different outcomes. One stays intact. The other washes away. I think that's a neat way of understanding that that Jesus is really connecting this idea of how we live to our belief, that there's this connection between what we believe and the actions that we take, the way that we live our life each and every day. It's it's connected to something. There's there's something there. A belief is something that basically we're, we're assuming a truth. We're assuming something to be true that's based in the past. So we know that Jesus came to the world. We know that God created the world. We know that, that God did all those things. A belief is an assumption of truth in that, that, that we, we assume that to be true, that God loves us, that God sent Jesus, that, that God does all those things. Think of, 
the Apostles' Creed. That's a, those are, that's a set of belief statements. And all the creeds that we have, there's the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, and many different creeds. Those are belief statements. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in prayer. I believe in all these things. Those are, that's the, the rock. That's the foundation. That's, that's what God has given to us in Jesus Christ. But actions flow from that. And that's, that's really about values. That, you know, that, belief, that belief statement is something that's rooted in the past, it's something of truth, but a value is something that's built off of that that guides our action. A value is something that informs us. A value is, is something that when it comes to make it a, a time to make a decision, we lean on our values. You can call them principles. I like values. Values, it's, it's, it's something that we value. It's important to us. And so we make our decisions based on those things. We, our actions will follow that. And I think that's something important for us to consider as we think about vision. What are those core values? What are essential values? Values that, that lead to action. Values that are about, about doing a certain thing. I think we all have multiple sets of, of values. There's multiple values that we have. We have our stated values, the things that we say that we value, but then we also have our real values. Now remember, action follows values. So whatever we really value, that's where, that's where our actions are. So someone might say, I value honesty. I, I va- that's one of my core values. I put honesty above just about everything else. I value honesty. But that same person may at some point catch themselves in a lie to try to protect themselves or to try to better themselves. I didn't take that cookie. I didn't eat that cookie because you know you can get in trouble if you get caught eating the cookie out of the cookie jar. You say that you value honesty, but when you say, I didn't eat that cookie, that means your action really isn't following that, so maybe that's not really a value. Your real value is protecting yourself. Your real value is to, to get ahead in life. Sometimes people say, I value family, I value relationships, but if we're not prioritizing those relationships and we're, if we're not putting importance into those relationships in our family, we're not really valuing our family. So I think Jesus is trying to make this connection between our belief, our rock-solid belief in Christ, and the actions that we take, the ways that we live out this faith, that, that he wants our, our real values to line up with that faith, not just to be something that we state, not just to be something that we talk about, not just to be something that we say, I value this, I value that. He's trying to, to get us to see that he wants us to, to align our actions with our values, and our values are lined up with our faith. In many ways, it's like trying to create a culture that everything has a culture. Every church has a culture. Every business has a culture. Every person has a culture. I'm not just talking the American culture or hipster culture or those kinds of cultures. Every, every entity has some kind of culture that it creates. And it creates that culture based on its values and living out those values. That's why there's some places we like to shop other, more than other places. There's, there's some places we just like to go to this business and we just really like being there. We like eating at this restaurant. And there's other p- restaurants and shops that we don't like to be in. It's because of culture. Culture is something that's invisible, but it really defines a lot of things. It really defines kind of who we are and what we do because of our actions. When, when you have a positive culture, people just want to be around that. People want to be around that good thing because they know that there's, everything's lining up. Everything's genuine. Everything is real, that, that we're not trying to put on false pretenses. We're, we're trying to live the best that we can, and people want to be a part of that, and they know that they can grow in that. That's something that's, that's powerful. 
But a negative culture, a, a kind of a culture that is against the, the idea of being positive and growing, is something that can sabotage everything. Peter Drucker, who's uh, an author, a business author, and a great leader of, of business ideas and, and how to go about doing things in the business world, he has a quote that he said that, that culture eats strategy for breakfast. It doesn't matter what your strategy is. It doesn't matter how you're trying to change things. It doesn't matter what your goals are. If your culture is negative, it's going to swallow that up. That's the foundation that, that washes away. That's the foundation that's not lined up with belief. That's the foundation that's not lined up with what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be a church that was created by God, what it means to be going out into the world and doing what God wants us to do. We want to find ways to line up what is essential with what our belief tells us. So we're going to have some, some time today to think about some of those. Three core values for your personal life and three core values that you see for Green Valley. Now remember, these aren't belief statements. They're not saying, I believe in Jesus. They're not, they're not faith statements. They're not churchy theological statements. They're value statements, things that we value, things that we think are important for us to be able to go forward. Things that are essential actions for us to take as people and as the church. Once we identify those, once for our own life, once we see what our core values are, once we see what is essential for us, then it can become more clear what needs to go. All these things we're trying to do, all these things we're trying to accomplish, all these things that we're, we're trying to, to balance in our brains, once we identify what is essential, we can say, no to these other things, that they're not as important to me. I don't want to use my resources. I don't want to use my time doing something that's not important for me. So that's, that's the value of identifying core values, that it gives us a focus. It gives us a way to move forward. And I think that demo and core values, they, they go hand in hand because sometimes we need a demo. Sometimes we need to just get, take things back down to the studs and to realize there's things that are holding us back. There's things that, that are hindering us. There's things that are getting in the way of us doing what God needs us to do. And it's our core values that give us this idea of what that is. It's our core values that help us to understand how we can move forward. So you, inside of your bulletin, you have an insert that has two different sections on it. One section has three dots for your personal core values. And one section has three dots for core values that you see for Green Valley. Just a couple of examples before we get to that. I, I really kind of debated putting these up here because I don't want to limit you guys and I don't want to lead you guys, but I, I, I found some, some examples of core values that I think are really positive and really helpful. And notice how these are all action-based. They're all based on something we do. It's not a belief statement. It's not a theological statement. It's not a here's what I believe thing. It's what I want to do thing. It's, it's my belief is informing my values as to what I can do in my life, and here's what I'm going to consider to be essential. So things like living out the gospel, not being mediocre, trying to be as excellent as we can, speaking life wherever I go, having genuine relationships, committed to the uncommitted, those who are drifting, those who are never been committed to the church, well, we want to be committed to them, uh, choosing trust, innovation, being creative in how we do things, serving everyone. Those are all good examples of value statements. Actions that come from this statement, things that lead our actions, things that lead us to where we feel God leading us to, do, to go. So in the next couple of minutes, take some time and to think about those things. I know in just a few minutes, you can't come up with the greatest core values ever. 
I know that that's, that's an impossible thing. This is a, a, an, a, an exercise to inform our council that's working this year on vision and core values. This is good input, and we want your voice. You could have been coming here your entire life, or today could be your very first Sunday. I want to hear from both. I want to hear from, from your perspective what you believe are essential things for us to focus on here at Green Value. Here at Green Value. Hey, that's, that's, there's a new core value. We're Green Value. Here at Green Valley, here's what we value. Here's what's essential. And here's how we're going to move forward in doing that. Take a few minutes. Make sure you rip off the, where there's a dotted line there. Rip that off. And you're going to turn in. I'm going to have a basket in the back. You're going to turn in that bottom part. That is the church one. And you're going to keep the one for yourself. And you're going to put that somewhere, and you're going to look at it, and you're going to say, this is essential. I'm going to live this out each and every day. So take a few minutes and take that, and then we'll see.